You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 629. I think that that's the benefit of being part of like the tribe is it's a collective force of people trying different marketing methods and sharing their experiences. Mm -hmm. And it helps us as business owners stay on the cutting edge of what's working. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Today, I have Brian and Samantha May from Las Vegas, Nevada with me today, and we are going to talk all things virtual. Brian and Samantha are a part of my virtual investing mastery coaching program, and they are having a lot of success with their virtual market. They just got started only a few months ago, and they are already closed a couple deals. So today we are going to deep dive about those deals and just what it's like to go virtual versus working in your backyard. So guys, welcome to the program, Brian and Samantha. Hello. How are you? So you guys are in Vegas. How is Vegas doing right now with COVID? What does it look like over there? We follow exactly what California does. (laughs) Okay. And is so is like the strip just a dead zone now? Um, We don't, I don't know. We don't don't go down to the strip, but no. I think there's only certain casinos that are open and I think they actually are open. Aren't they open at a certain time? Yeah. Like I think the win is only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow. And then then Sunday, like the guests have to get out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a crazy time and a lot of the big cities are really getting hit and the people that work in the big cities, um, you know, a lot of lost jobs. It's really, it's terrible. Well, and so you guys, you guys are not working Las Vegas. You guys are working a virtual market. Why did you guys decide to go virtual? I think Vegas, like we did a little bit in Vegas, um, still do, but I think virtually that's where we wanted to start. We just didn't know the direction until we found you. And I just think me personally, I think there's... A little bit uh, more. What I like to say is, you can get more for your money and effort in other markets. There you go. Correct. And and a yeah. lot of a lot of Vegas people have the California mentality because they're a lot of them came from California, so they, oh. they think that their houses are worth way more than they actually what are. They actually right. are. So yeah. that's that is kind of a struggle here. At yeah, least that's what we found. That's what we found. Yeah. There is something about the mentality in every different market. What I've noticed in every market I've been in, these sellers are are different. Like there, it's cultural, uh, different attitudes. And one thing about California sellers is they are very aware of their property values, mm-hmm. and they definitely sometimes think it's more than it is. Right, right, <laughs> They're yeah. very common. Um, so and yeah, and I like you know the reason I went virtual was the same thing for the same amount of work. Um, same amount of effort I was making in seller calls, the same output, I could make more money in another market. So it just made more sense for me too. So when did you guys actually get started with wholesaling? How long ago was that? Oh, well, 
October of last year, we signed up for uh, 2019. 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. Jeez. Not last um, year. Yeah. Robert Kiyosaki uh, dropped uh, about 40 grand and about 35 to 40 grand. And uh, that went nowhere. And yeah. then uh, just kept going and going. And then started doing a little bit of virtual here with the tribe. Mm-hmm. And then we finally found you doing virtual. And that was. Kind of it. Yeah. I think when it comes to going virtual, there is a bit of a recipe or a formula. And you could either go at it the way I did, which was just like on my own and try to figure it out myself. And it took like four straight years of trial and error and different things. Or you can just get a coaching program that gives you that recipe and you can, you know, finish it in a few days. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of it. I mean, that recipe. I I don't know. I guess I would say how important is that recipe? I mean, when you you know were trying to go it alone, what were some of the challenges that you had trying to figure out virtual? I mean, uh, well, even virtual or even in your backyard. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, unfortunately, I think it's you look up so much information, and everybody has a different way of teaching, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, which way do you go? And then you just kind of sit there and you're like, oh, today I'm going to do this, this, and this. But you have no plan to do this, this, and this. You just think you're going to do this, this, and this. So, you know, I just think any mentor that you can afford and hire is the best way. And obviously, you know, do your due diligence because not every mentor is equal. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think being Sam, listening to you and your energy and everything, we're like, yeah, I think she might be the one. I think it's just because you're just straight to the point. Like, it's either yes or no. It's not like, well, I don't know. It's like, no, uh, like that sucks. <laughs> um, you know, it's like the pistachio theory you heard. Yeah. I've never heard of the pistachio theory in my life. And you mentioned it and I think it's great. The funny thing is I like pistachio ice cream. So I'm the pistachio person, right? That you're always talking about. So I'm always laughing about it. Yeah. Um, and obviously nobody <laughs> knows what we're talking about, but they will eventually if they join the program. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So sorry, I got one. <laughs> It is. I know it is. I do struggle because I have a pretty blunt personality. And <laughs> so they, like, I just, things come out of my mouth and I'm equally surprised at it sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I just said that. Oh boy. Okay. But I mean, the pistachio theory. So for anybody who's listening to this, I came up with this thing on the cuff one day on a coaching call. And I was trying to explain to everyone about the prices that you you know contract homes and sometimes people feel like oh no my you know a buyer told me this is way too high but what i learned after years and years and showing multiple buyers my deals versus just like the same two was that there are all different types of buyers and there could be a buyer that's looking for homes in that neighborhood for some kind of unique personal interest of theirs. And you wouldn't have found that buyer unless you went out and bid the property to multiple buyers. So I was trying to... There's a lot of objectives I had with this story. And it was A, to bid out the home you know, to as many buyers as you could. And then also B, is justifying locking up a property at a little higher price than maybe you wanted to get it at. Because you can maybe take a shot and see if you can find that one pistachio buyer. So the pistachio buyer, I had thought about it. I go like, okay, you know, like when you're at 31 flavors and most everybody goes for the same flavors, but there's like 
pistachio ice cream. And it's like, who the hell it goes for the pistachio ice cream? Like I don't go ever and get the scoop of pistachio. I don't know anyone who likes pistachio ice cream. Why do they even have it there? But there's like always like one scoop taken out. So there was like one guy that day that was into pistachio and apparently it's Brian. (laughs) And it's like, because he has some unique interest connection with nut flavored ice cream because (laughs) it reminds him of his grandpa and his grandpa and him would always have pistachio ice cream, right? So that's like the same things with bidding out your properties to buyers. So maybe you wanted this property at $85,000 and you cannot get the seller to budge. And the seller was like, nope, it's going to be $94,000 or no deal. And maybe your two top buyers that you always show all your deals to are like, no, 85 or it's not a deal. You're, you're just wasting your time. You're locking it up too high. You know, but what you might find is if you show it to a hundred buyers, there is going to be that one buyer, the pistachio buyer that actually buys homes in that neighborhood for Airbnb. And because Airbnb nets more, he's willing to pay more for the property. So 94,000 makes sense. And that's a big, you know, even I didn't really know that theory for the first couple of years of me being in the industry. I was so conservative and I would only lock up deals that like my two top buyers would like approve. And or myself, like I was flipping it, and even I was too conservative, like I was letting things go. And I look back at so much opportunity I've lost. There are so many deals I probably could have done. And if I knew this pistachio buyer theory, like, you know, earlier on, I would have made more money. So, so yeah, so hope you guys enjoyed that. It's funny because it's like it's a trendy word now, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, pistachio buyer has made it to the TTP platform. That's what it is. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something I never thought. I was just like talking and I pulled that one just out of nowhere. Because <laughs> it's, so, it's so catchy. So yeah, that's the catchy. thing. What's a pistachio yeah. buyer? What's, it's just like, what's bananas? Everything's bananas to Brent. So it's just... It's, I, yeah, it is. It's catchy. I, I never thought in a million years that that thing would stick, but it is a really good way to explain <laughs> pricing and explain why you yeah. want to bid out your properties to That's other true. people. Because and we all do this when we first get into wholesaling. We find one buyer... We find one buyer that's gobbling up like 10 houses a month and we just like get comfortable and only want to show them the deals because we're comfortable and we know they're going to perform. But then what happens is that one buyer starts slowly taking advantage of knowing that and they give you the lowest price because they know you're just showing them the deal. So they're like, you know, they're thinking about themselves and then you're like, oh, yay, I made 5,000 bucks when really you could have made 15. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of little secrets, you know, little tricks and, and whatnot. So is there anything with going, you know, after maybe taking my program and going virtual that maybe you learned that was a bit of a game changer that you could get? I love to give practical advice to anybody who's listening. And we did just give a bunch. But is there something that you could think of that was maybe a game changing piece of information, something you implemented, anything? Yeah, a lot of stuff that you taught us. but. um I think comping is one. And I know comping is a huge thing. A lot of people don't realize that, but comping, obviously, I comped wrong and lost the deal and then got the deal back. And that's the deal that we're probably going to talk about. But also how we uh, how to pull lists and how you kind of showed us uh, the ninja status. That was absolutely amazing. I mean, that right there is a game changer. That's... Yeah. 
absolutely huge. So uh, the ninja trick that he's referring to is finding where buyers are buying in that market. So my course, when I got approached to make this course, I first started, I had no idea where to start. And I thought, okay, I'm going to write down every problem that like happened to me in the last eight years. Just like anything that went wrong in eight years. I was like going back to like all these just painful mistakes that I made. Like where I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Oh God, that one cost me money. Lots of five-figure mistakes. Lots of dumb tax that I paid over the last eight years. And I thought, okay. And then what was the resolution? What did I fix? How did I fix it? What did I do? What was the lesson I learned? And I wrote down all the lessons. And then I took those lessons and I compiled them into 10 modules. And um, one of the lessons that I learned... So when I was in... This was now when I was still working the Southern California market, which is a big territory. I was wasting marketing dollars just like marketing to just like whole cities or whole counties. And I would just market to everywhere. And I would get these sellers that are like, I live in Newport Coast. Like why... I, you you want to buy my house? Like what? Like, do you know how much this house is? Or like I would get like a seller from Corona Del Mar or something crazy. It's so expensive. I'm like, why Why did I do that? Like I was like embarrassed. I'm talking to the seller. I feel so dumb. Like, yeah, you're right. I don't have $4 million. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I ever... Like this is not going to work. Why am I doing this? And I think my brother stumbled upon it or something of how to do this on ListSource is basically figuring out how to find the hot zip codes in the area. And then I realized like how to just target my marketing to the hot zip codes. And then if you do that, you're going to likely have more comps in the area to show the seller that other investors are paying these prices. So yeah, there's a lot of purposes to do that. But yeah, it was a game changer for me too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, cold calling. And then you were like, yeah, not a huge fan, but the text blasting that you teach and everything like that, that is definitely tremendously a big difference, especially out here. Because I know in California, people are ruthless. I mean, you try to call them even on texting, but it's great. I mean, text messages, you don't got to respond back to them as much as you would like to because they're just idiots sometimes and very yeah. rude. Yeah. So the text messaging has definitely worked for us. And I know it works for a lot of other people that you've had on your show. So yeah. 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 Cold calling was not my favorite thing to do personally. I just don't... It's exhausting. My voice would get tired. So when I I did it... And then I even... I outsourced it. um, But I did do it myself for a while just so I knew like what the process was. And I was like, man, this is exhausting. When am I going to hire someone to do this as soon as possible? As soon as I learn how to do this so I can manage someone to do it, I'm going to hire people. And then you know, I did that as soon as possible. But when I put myself in the shoes of a student who doesn't have that type of money to hire someone yet, you know, I at least can say, yeah, I did it. And yeah, I know it's exhausting. So for me, when the texting software kind of got discovered and I figured it out, man, that was like playing a video game. Like I just looked at it like, this is like playing a video game. It's really not that hard. It's, it's easy to work and it produced a lot of deals. So I just went with it as my favorite. Now I still, uh, personally, we still do cold call because you know, what we're finding is you know, sellers are getting more text messages every week you know, from different investors. And I need to stay competitive and I need to keep my lead flow strong and consistent. 
So we are still cold calling, but we are very targeted, focused on our list. We're trying to go more niche lists. So yeah. So you know, we do a little bit of everything. And that's how marketing always is. We're always kind of pulling out of some campaigns and then pulling some campaigns in, trying different things. That's this business. It's always... The marketing channels are always changing. I think that that's the benefit of being part of like the tribe is it's a collective force of people trying different marketing methods and sharing their experiences. Mm -hmm. And it helps us as business owners stay on the cutting edge of what's working and what's not. So yeah, that's a, I guess that's a fringe benefit of being a part of this group. (laughs) Yes, very much so. So you guys have recently closed your first deal virtually or you've closed two, right? Or you're close to closing your second. The other one just waiting for the transfer. But um, yeah, so the first one, I don't know, doing virtual, it's really, you don't deal a lot with the uh, seller, like, you know, communicate in this and that, but it wasn't like babying the seller. Maybe we just got lucky, but we first did it and I thought I had them at a good price and I got laughed at. Nobody was even close to wanting to purchase this. So we canceled the contract and then um, waited about a month and asked him again. And he's like, never sold it and locked him up at 20,000 less than when I first did. And within two days, we sold it for 10 and that quick. It really was. But also we got a great JV partner mm-hmm. and that's what you teach in your course. That is huge. Having a good JV partner that actually knows the business, mm-hmm. has a good buying, buyer list, makes it very, very easy. At least our JV partner, Rick, he's phenomenal. And he actually just took the reins. So after we sent it to him, he dealt with the seller and closing and everything. And it was really, really smooth transaction. So just just finding the right, I guess, partnership and building a relationship. And that's what you teach. Like, you know, make sure you go out and find different partners because not everybody's the same. For sure. And that was a mistake I made. But first um, couple times I went virtual, different territories I'm talking about. I didn't go, I didn't even think to have a JV partner. I thought I'll just get build a buyer's list myself and just do it myself. And it was so hard. Even though I was experienced, I had it was like I'd already been in the business four years, but I, you know, didn't understand those territories. I, it's completely different. Every territory is so different. So someone had recommended, well, why don't you just partner with someone? Like, and they'll help you, they'll they'll help you figure out the pricing. You know, right. what you've done in six months, maybe in one week that person can help you figure out you know, the offer pricing and help you with all the boots on ground stuff and the disposition. And they, they already have a big buyer's list. Try it out. Oh my gosh. I went... I remember that it was uh, the territory that I first did it in was in Oklahoma. And we were in that territory for six months. And I think we did one or two deals in six months. We were banging our head against the wall. We could not figure out the pricing. We were pricing the homes wrong. I'd never been in a landlord market before. So I, I was assuming everybody's flipping these homes. I had no idea how to factor in like rent and what this property would rent for and what are the landlord buyers looking for. You know, No clue. So I was pricing them wrong. Um, I was offering way too low. I was offering like a flipper would. Sellers were saying, no, no, no. Didn't, got lucky maybe once or twice. 
and made no money, like nothing. And then someone made that suggestion, just said, listen, just find a partner, find a yeah. partner. Next month, we did five deals in a month. And we were like, oh my God, we're so stupid. <laughs> I was just so dumb. Like, oh, like, gosh, it was me and my, my employee who's been, I say we, it's me and my employee who've been with me forever. He pretty much runs my company. We were just like, like that was like the piece, the stars aligned. Like right, right when we got that right JV partner. And then we don't need the JV partner anymore. You know, it's, it was a process. We used them for about maybe two, three months. And then we really got like the hang of it. And we, we started building our buyers list on our own. And then we didn't, and then it was a slow transition. We still talk to that JV partner. You know, it's an open door. If they have a buyer for any of our contracts they see, sometimes they'll bring us buyers and stuff. It's totally fine. And just how it, it worked out really well. And it was a lesson that I learned that I'm glad to be able to teach people to not make the same mistake I did. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm super happy to have had you guys and I'm very, very proud. So what's next for you? What are some of the next goals that you're looking to achieve? I want to do at least five deals a month. That is uh, my goal and I think her goal as well and get her home full-time. Yeah. Yep. And what do you do for work full-time? Me or her? Uh, I guess both. I'm self-employed. So I own a window cleaning company. Oh, cool. Um, and she... I'm a charge nurse. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, uh, you're you very busy right now, of course, with everything that's yeah. going on. So I'm sure you are you definitely want to get home. Um, but you guys both... So you guys both work. I mean, this is... You can't do this full time. Yeah. And I mean... And I think nights. So... Yeah. Kind of takes some of my days away. So... Mm-hmm. so we yeah. try to go during the de- uh, early morning start and then in the... Afternoon, like around three, when I get home, we mm-hmm. try to uh, start texting out people, and right, sure we've lost a lot of deals, and but it's just all a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So, but that's our goal: five deals a month. If we get three, phenomenal. If we yeah. get four, great. It'll we, grow. So, it'll it'll grow, you know, from there. But it sounds like you probably need to scale a little bit to help you with some of the lead generation, so you have enough leads to get you to that. Right. So yeah. we'll work. We'll work on that together. Yeah. And get you there. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for having you. Are you guys on any of the social networks? If anybody wanted to reach out, are you on Facebook or Instagram? Did you want to share? Uh, we're on both. Yeah. But, uh, I am uh, just uh, Rhino Home Buyers, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's for either Instagram and well, Facebook, isn't it? No, and then Facebook it's Brian and Samantha May. Brian. All right. We'll put that in the show notes. And I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you so much. And if you guys that are listening are interested in a coaching program, check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com where I teach all things virtual wholesaling. If you guys are interested, apply there and somebody from Wholesaling Inc. will get back to you same day. Thank you so much for your service, Smith. I know it's probably very tough right now. Yeah, as a nurse. So thank you and hope you stay safe. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.